Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Yeah, sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Cool Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. We took a trip, now we on your block, and it's like a ghost town. Baby, where did these be at when they said they how about it? Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. On the line now is the host of the BetMGM Tonight podcast and Audience and Sports Betting Insider, Ryan Horvat. He is on X at Ryan Horvat, just one T. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to the BetMGM Tonight podcast for more of Ryan. Ryan, what's happening, brother? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm getting really excited for the big game, and you're probably wondering what big game is he talking about? Are am I talking about Washington, Oregon State? Am I talking about this Thursday night football matchup? We finally get a good game with the Ravens taking on the Bengals, yes. but no, baby. I'm talking about rotation number three nine seven SMU against rotation number three nine eight Memphis. The battle coming up this weekend. Okay, I'm excited for this one, man. I'm really excited for this one, but I feel like I'm on an island because. I've been listening to a lot of people talk about this game. Believe it or not, and SMU is the sharp side. I'm going to be going against all the sharps. I'll be with the public. On oh, this we love I this. Memphis. I think Memphis is keeping this game close at least, plus eight and a half. I, uh, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth on the coaching staff. Um, but obviously, like you get this game at home, and I feel good about Seth Hennigan. You look at the numbers overall this season, 22 touchdown passes, eight picks. They could do it on the ground. I believe they're averaging over 150 rushing yards, about yep. 4.6 per pop, I believe. You know, Tulane's the only team that kept them under 25 points. So as long as they're able to, you know, score some points in this game, I know, great breakdown right here, but as long as, you know, um, they don't turn the ball over, I think they're I think they're live in this game, man. So I was shocked to hear everybody going against them this week. Well, you got I me hyped Memphis up. I love, I love hearing this now. It's just sort of common, not like the, the, the general knowledge when you look at this game and, and what – the Tigers have done in conference. They have beaten really inferior opponents by not a lot. Like yeah. last week against Charlotte, getting to overtime against Charlotte, one of the worst offenses in the country, and they got beat by um, basically a, a, a running back who had four career yards, who had 198 in that game, and then a, a, a play action, you know, to the tight end in the flat. That's that's all that 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 it took to get after Memphis's defense. And if you look at SMU though, like. They're outscoring teams in conference 270 to 88. They're top 10 yep. in scoring offense, top 10 in scoring defense. They're one of three teams 
along with, get this, Michigan and Georgia. That seems like pretty good company to keep. But here's the thing that I, I, I brought this up earlier in the week, just having watched this team uh, this year so far. They stuck in there against Mizzou. They stuck in there against Tulane. Tulane. They were up by 11 against Tulane at one point. Something tells me they'll get up for this game. It'll be a different intensity, and I think that eight and a half could get covered. I I don't know. I don't know which way I'm leaning, but I'm I'm glad to hear someone's leaning toward the Tigers in this game. I'm I'm glad. Just just completely bucking the trend, bucking the knowledge. Honestly, that that has led up to this game, just because you know I I think that at home, uh, Memphis has been undefeated in AAC play against SMU. There's a lot of things that historically are on the Tiger side, but it doesn't really have to do with this year in particular. Well, I just feel like I really like the spot, right? They're 5-1, and one, I believe, in an American play, and there's three undefeated teams which in the conference, which is an issue because Memphis obviously lost to one of them in Tulane. Um, you know, and, but, but six straight wins for SMU, and I get why people like them. I just think eight and a half is a little bit of an inflated number. If this is, you know, if this game takes place, like this just shows you how much the betting markets have changed. If this game takes place like five, ten years ago, I think SMU's probably a six, six and a half point favorite. And then maybe I like them because of what you said, man. They're a complete team, six straight wins offensively. I mean, and look at their only two losses this season. They've only lost to, I believe, Oklahoma and TCU, and they were in that Oklahoma game. They just didn't show up in the second half. But offensively, they're averaging over 500 yards. They have Jalen Knighton, who came over from Miami. and then They have so many transfers, by the way. They raided that Miami roster, raided it. Yeah. They got Jalen yeah, Knighton, uh, Romello Brinson, Keyshawn Smith, or a couple of wide receivers they have on top of Jalen Knighton, who's their running back. They, they, uh, Rhett Lashley just absolutely took everything they got in the transfer portal from Miami. He really did. The only thing that scares me is like, like I said, turnovers, and they do have, um, they do have thirty-five sacks and nine picks this season. So the defense <laughs> is good, only giving up sixteen points per game. But right. The offense is, give, you know, they're averaging forty, and they got all these, like you said, Miami transfers. But still, I like the spot for Memphis. I think they keep this close. I'm not going to say it's their Super Bowl because they still have a lot to play for here, obviously, this season. But I do think that they at least get up for this game. I think it's a touchdown game at most. Yeah, but here's the thing about Memphis, the way they've been playing up and down to competition. Even if they win this game against SMU, I still have to sweat out on the road against Temple in a a BYOE game, a bring-your-own-energy game in Lincoln Financial. That's just how this team has played, man. If if you've been paying attention, it's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous to see what they do week to week. You just cannot. Oh yeah. You cannot fully predict what they're going to look like. And defensively against these inferior opponents, it's been brutal, brutal. Now, what else are you paying attention to in college football? I know we have the news of Jim Harbaugh accepting his uh, suspension. Um, let's see, James Madison and uh, and Jacksonville State don't get their. Uh, their postseason ban lifted with their their um, move up from FCS to FBS, which I find ridiculous. But what uh, what other games do you do you feel pretty strongly about this weekend? Yeah, I actually like a lot on the board this weekend. Um, you know, Oregon State and Washington. That game really intrigues me because Oregon State gets the game at home, and that's one where you know the betting line might not make sense to a lot of people because Washington's undefeated this season. They're number five in the country. We saw them a couple weeks ago beat Oregon. And then you have Oregon State, who has two losses this season. But those two losses, I believe, are by a combined six points. And they're obviously really tough at home. In Washington, the areas where they struggle defending the run, you know, they're outside the top 100 in most metrics. They're not really a great tackling team. And Oregon State, 
Like, that's what they like to do. They like to run the ball. They have a pretty good offensive line. They're top three in the Pac-12. Yep. They're number two in the country in rushing success rate. Damian Martinez and Fenway have both been excellent this season, man. They're top 25 in explosive runs, too, so they could hit you with the explosive. And then DJU's been pretty good. He could use his legs a little bit. And they're 15th in the country in passing down explosiveness. So I think they're going to take some shots down the field with their wide receivers like Anthony Golden this game and Silas Bolden. And obviously, you know, you got to give the uh, advantage to Washington's offense against anybody. They should get McMillan back this week, you know, with Polk and uh, Roman Doomsday. So obviously that's the best wide receiver room in the Pac-12. And Oregon State does struggle a little bit to defend the pass. But I don't know, man, at home, I think that they'll be able to get a stop or two, maybe a takeaway. Michael Penix, as good as he's been this season, you know, the last couple weeks he's been a little bit shaky at times, has the three interceptions in that two-game span. So I like Oregon State. I think there's a reason why the two-loss team is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the undefeated team. Tough place to play, really good coaching staff. I love this Washington team, but I think they get clipped this week. And then it's going to be interesting to see what happens down the stretch here, the final week of the year, man, because I think Oregon's one of the best teams in the country. I think they could hang even with a team like Georgia and Michigan on a neutral. I know they got blown out by um, by Georgia last year, but I don't know. I think this is a completely different Oregon team. Uh, year two under Dan Lanning. So really like Oregon State. Um, another one that I like is pretty ugly. I like Michigan State against Indiana. This line doesn't make any sense to me, man. Four and a half with yep. Michigan State is dogs. Indiana has the worst run defense in the Big Ten. They're giving up 160 yards on the ground per game this season. Michigan State's running back, Nathan Carter, has over 700 himself. He's fourth in the conference in rushing yards. So I don't think they'll have to throw the ball much, which is good because they're on their backup quarterback. Noah Kim's been dealing with a shoulder injury, and he's questionable again. I don't think that'll be an issue against Indiana, though. So I like Michigan State plus four and a half. And then uh, one more for you. I like Miami at home plus one against Louisville. It's always scary back in Mario and conference play at home, I know. But Louisville, if you look at it, obviously like what – Brahms doing there is great. I mean, they're yeah. nine and one this season, but they got blown out by a terrible pit team by 17. They've only played two true road games this season. And that was the blowout loss to Pitt, And then they barely got past NC state. who I'm pretty down on this season. They beat them by a field goal. And then the important thing to me, like you said, man, going back to that SMU Memphis game, strength of schedule and you know, Louisville, they're nine and one, but they've only played one top 25 team this season. Miami, you know, they're coming off a close loss to Florida state. And I know Tyler Van Dyke's had some turnover issues, 11 picks in his last five games, but he's also been dealing with a bunch of injuries. And I just think that they're going to have some success on the offensive side of the ball. Not the biggest trends guy. Also, we rarely get Miami as home dogs. But uh, since 2005, 11-6 and six against the spread. So I like That'll Miami play. to upset Louisville. That'll play. Now, uh, taking a quick look ahead, and I know that they're playing – uh, at Maryland this weekend, but uh, Michigan without Jim Harbaugh, how much does that uh, affect the way you you sort of view them? Does it does it do it at all? Because I know he can, you know, game plan during the week, be on the practice field, uh, coach those guys up during the week, but he just can't be on the field or at the stadium during game day. Does that affect how you view Michigan at all? It really doesn't, only because Jim Harbaugh doesn't call plays. I mean, obviously, like, okay, so um, – if this is any other team, it probably affects me a little bit more, like as far as the betting market, maybe scares me off of Michigan, which I'm not betting Michigan this week. But the thing is, this team, man, like we saw it last week against Penn State without Jim Harbaugh on those sidelines. Like this team, it's championship or bust. Yep. They got to the dance last year. 100%. They got upset by TCU. They should have won that game. Like that's a bunch of vets, man. You saw Blake Corum after that game with his face beaten in. So, like, I trust those guys. But the reason I don't like – Michigan plus, or I'm sorry, Michigan is 19-point favorites, and I took the plus with uh, 
Maryland here, 19-point dogs, had to look, look what the number was. This is the perfect uh, sandwich spot. So Michigan beat the living hell out of Penn State in an emotional game without Harbaugh. Then they have Ohio week. State next week. Yep, yep. And, you know, Maryland, they should actually be able to hold up against the Michigan pass rush a little bit. Their offensive line is one of their strengths. And I checked this out, man. So here's another trend for you. Since 2005, Michigan and Ohio State, when they're getting set to prepare for each other, are a combined 12-21-1 against the spread. So they cover 36% of the time, and they fail to cover by approximately four points on average. And that includes 5-13 and 13 against the spread when they're favored by double digits. I don't think Michigan's going to want to show a whole lot in this game, unless, here's the concern, they want to pad the stats for J.J. McCarthy since he didn't even attempt to pass in the second half last week in that game against Penn State. Maybe they're like, all right, we got to get your Heisman numbers up, and then we get Ohio State next week. But I just don't see that happening, man. I don't think they care about Heismans or individual awards. I think it's about winning the championship, like I said. So it doesn't really affect me season long. I still think they're the better team than Ohio State next week. But I am betting against Michigan this week, plus 19 with Maryland. That's freaking wild, though, last week. They, what, threw eight passes the entire game with J.J. McCarthy? Yeah. And still... It was like Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFC Championship game against my Packers. And still handled Penn State easily. And, I like, I, that's the big thing I have to say I have against James Franklin, man. And I know, like, some people yep. say he's an overrated yep. coach. I think he's a properly rated coach. We talked about that, I think, last week when we were, you know, Josh Pate with late kick. Um, yeah, he, he, he basically said, you know, every time that he's been a favorite, he wins and he's been a dog in just about every other game against Michigan and Ohio state. And he loses. It's just, he's a properly rated coach, but I, 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 looking at that defense and how good they are, it's gotta be so frustrating for Penn state fans to continue to stand by this team who seemingly has a good quarterback in drew Aller. One of the best ones I think they've had in a while. They have a good yeah. uh, backfield, but they just, how powerful is Cox internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Cannot do anything offensively. It's stagnant, it's ugly, and there's just no real upside to what they're doing offensively right now. I mean, you said it, man. Like, so... They throw uh, the OC under the bus. He gets canned. Yep. I guess rightfully so, maybe. But I don't know. I mean, like, the offense just hasn't been explosive. The offensive line doesn't get much push, even with Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. Neither are even averaging five yards per carry. Drew Allers really struggled to push the ball down the field, except for uh, the game against Maryland a couple weeks ago, actually. But, yeah, man, I mean, it's just – it has to be frustrating because – you could beat every single team in the Big Ten except for Ohio State and Michigan. And it comes down to coaching. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, now it's funny because we consider him the best coach. or one of the best coaches in the nation. A couple of years ago, we were like, man, this might Should be he be fired, right? Coach. Should he be fired? Yeah, because he, he couldn't beat Ohio State. Yep. So you have to beat you know, the teams that you – you got to beat the big dogs. And Penn State – you know, like if this is Maryland and this is Iowa and like, you know, Iowa every year is going to win nine, 10 games and they're going to get to the big 10 championship game or Wisconsin. And they're going to get clubbed by Ohio state or Michigan. Cause they can't recruit the same type of player. But you said it, man, like you have drew Aller. He was a higher recruit. I believe than JJ five star, five star guy. He's a five star. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. So like he shouldn't, he should be able to throw a 15 yard pass that doesn't end up in section two thirty. <laughs> I mean, that offense has been tough to watch. So I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, it's been a very disappointing season. And like you said, that defense is damn good, too. And a couple of years ago, you steal away Chop Robinson from Maryland. I really like him, even though he's been dinged. You know, the secondary isn't as good as it was last year, but it's still pretty good. It's just, what a letdown, man. Yep. Now, holler at me. We have Alabama and Georgia set for the SEC championship, and both of them were dominant last week. 52-17, to Georgia beats Ole Miss. 49-21, to Alabama beats Kentucky on the road. We're on that crash with that collision course. If you're, if you're, I, I know we're going to talk about it when we actually get to that game, when we get to championship week. But what are your early thoughts there? Yeah, this is what I'm excited for. So a couple of weeks ago, when I was on, I was like, I think it was Alabama LSU, and I said, if you like LSU in the game, play Jaden Daniels and win Heisman, which he could still actually win, um, even though they lost the game. Although Bo Nix like took over, took over that that market pretty substantially this week. Yeah, and it should be his award when you look at it, man. Arizona State this weekend, although Arizona State has a really, really, really good uh, pass defense. I'll say that. They have probably the best secondary in the Pac-12. They're not a good football team, but they got a good secondary. And then they close out the season with Oregon State, but I like that game because they get it at home. That game's in Eugene. So I don't like going against Oregon State if if they're at home, obviously, in Corvallis, but if they're on the road, it's a different team. So Bonick should be able to pad the numbers a little bit, man. He's been ridiculously good this season. Um, and Jaden Daniels, I think you kind of unfortunately have to punish him for the three losses, even though it's not really his fault. That's one of the worst defenses I've ever seen with so many five stars. Yep. But, man, like I thought the play was, if you like Bama in that game, take him plus 1,400, 14-1 to to win the national championship. They only have one loss this season. It's to Texas. And – we're never getting that price with Alabama ever again. And Jalen Milrow, man, out of nowhere, like if the season 
began week six, he would be in the Heisman running. He had the four rushing touchdowns a couple weeks ago. He could hit the deep ball. Sure, he's a one-read quarterback, but Tommy Reese has done a tremendous job utilizing him and getting the most out of him. They got the run game figured out. They figured out their outside weapon in Burton. You know, it's still your Alabama typical defense. Their biggest issue was their offensive line, which didn't make any sense because if you look at those guys when they get off the bus, it looks like an NFL starting offensive line. But they were struggling to get pushed, and now that's changed. So I think they're live in the game, and now I have the perfect hedging opportunity. This was always my plan. So I have Bama to win the national title 14-1 to because if they win this game, they're getting in. But I'm probably going to end up taking Kirby in Georgia, you know, especially now that Brock Bowers is back. I don't know how healthy he is, but he played last week. They also got a little bit healthier on the offensive line with Mims coming back, one of the better tackles in college football. So I'll probably hedge now and grab Georgia minus 150 on the money line. So if anybody took my advice or anybody has the Bama future, I think this is the perfect hedge. If Bama beats Georgia, man, they're going into that college football playoff. They're winning the whole thing, and I think we're going to yep. talk about this being one of Nick Saban's best coaching jobs. And I, 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 th- I think I say that already. I think, I think this is one of Nick Saban's best coaching jobs already, looking at what he's yep. been able to accomplish. I, 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 I think it's been impressive as hell. And, you know, I, I, I give Tommy Reese credit, but I did – I don't know if you pay attention to, like, the Broyles Award for the best assistant coach. I found it very strange that Tommy Reese was over Kevin Steele for Alabama. I know what Tommy Reese took over, and I know that like there was there was a lot of uh, questions about quarterback, and he sort of fixed all that, got the quarterback run game going. Jalen Milrose being more of a point guard of that offense, but Kevin Steele in that defense, good God, man, they've paced the entire season. I, I don't, I don't really, yeah. I don't understand why he Reese gets the nod over Steele for for Alabama's purposes. Completely agree. The defense has been what's carried Alabama actually the last couple of years. Like even with Bryce, you know, it was Will Anderson and the defense because. You know, last year even, they couldn't figure out their outside weapon or who their best wide receiver was. It was Jameer Gibbs, who was also a running back. I guess the case that you can make for Tommy Reese was, you know, he completely had to change the offense that Bama's been running the last couple years with the quarterbacks like Tua and Bryce. You know, one week they had to start Tyler Buckner, who I could tell you as a Notre Dame fan is no good. And, you know, they had to kind of switch things up to make Milrow look good. And now he looks like a Heisman. So I guess that'd be the case that you could make for Reese, but I'm completely with you, man. I mean, the defense is the reason why Bama's relevant. If that's LSU's defense, they might not have a win this season. (laughs) Right. I agree. I agree (laughs) completely. Talking with Ryan Horvat at Ryan Horvat with one T. Uh, Bet MGM uh, tonight uh, podcast, Odyssey Sports Betting Insider. Um, Now, on to the NFL. Tonight, Thursday Night Football, we finally get a good matchup. I think Amazon Prime is, is happy about this, but Bengals at Ravens. Bengals, I, what have you thought, man? Like, they've had some really good wins, but at the same time, last week, losing to the Texans, they're outside looking in the AFC playoff picture. It's, it's a, it's yeah, a strange it. spot for them to be in because everybody saw them rebounding, saw them beat the 49ers, saw them start to trend in the right direction, but they've had a couple of injuries. T. Higgins out, uh, that type of thing. Uh, Jamar Chase has been struggling with some nicks and bruises. And it just they they they're they're not pacing the season like they have the last two years when they made it to the AFC Championship. Yeah, like you said, man, they were starting to figure some some things out, and then they have the loss to the Texans. They lose T. Higgins to the week before. They finally got going, even got in the end zone finally. And then you also have the Ravens, who are coming off that loss to the Browns. They need to stop blowing leads. The Ravens yep. have had to lead going into the fourth quarter in every single game. They just struggle to close out games. And if you have a two-score lead with Lamar Jackson with that run game and with that defense, you shouldn't be blowing two-score leads against anybody. But I do like the Ravens in this game on a short week. You know, the Bengals have lost 14 straight road primetime games. Four of those did come with Joe Burrow behind center. 
Also, man, like as far as like season outlook here uh, moving forward for the Bengals, a little bit worried because that division's so tough. Even a team like the Steelers keeps finding ways to win games. And the Bengals have the toughest remaining schedule the rest of the way. Every team they see is at least 500 right now. And they got to get T. Higgins back healthy. You know, I mean, the Ravens defense, I know they let Jerome Ford go off last week, but I think they bounced back. You know, and I think that this is a good matchup. I actually like what McDonald, the D.C., has done. Uh, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens has done in these four matchups against Joe Burrow. Like, they play tons of light boxes. They dare the uh, Bengals to run with Joe Mixon because he's clearly washed up. They play a bunch of zone coverage. They don't play any man, and they don't blitz because they know if you blitz Joe Burrow, he's going to completely pick you apart. So I think at home, I like the Ravens. What scares me is the number. You know, four, now we're at three and a half. We're over a field goal. Joe Burrow, I think, is nine and one when being uh, a dog of more than three points, which is a really good trend, I know. But I like the Ravens in this spot at home on a short week. I think they're going to get some pressure on Joe Burrow. He's been getting rid of the ball super quick. Since week five, he's completing 75% of his passes because he's getting rid of the ball under three seconds. Let's see if he's able to do that tonight. The Ravens are going to have to get natural pressure. Because like yep. I said, you know, McDonald's not going to have him blitzing a whole bunch. But if they're able to get home on Burrow, uh, I think this one might even – not get ugly, but I think the Ravens might be able to win by a full touchdown. So I like Baltimore quite a bit. Now, Sunday night football, we have Vikings at Broncos. Um, and, and the Broncos are minus two and a half because they've beaten the Bills and the Chiefs in back-to-back games. I, 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 beyond the game, something that I've been noticing, just sort of following that Broncos team, seeing them in primetime, seeing Russell Wilson play the way he has. Russell Wilson's not getting a lot of credit, is he? Isn't that strange to you? That's a four and five team. They started off really badly, but they've rebounded. And he has 18 TDs to four INTs. I think he's tied for third in, in touchdown passes. Uh, he's right up there, first or second in TD to INT ratio. Um, you know, t- touchdowns per attempt, I believe he's first overall. Uh, he's completing 68% of his passes. Why? I know people don't enjoy the way he carries himself. They find him corny. They have all these different... Uh, you know, examples of him, you know, doing high knees in the in the uh, plane when they're when they're going to Europe. Like I get, I get why people are annoyed with the way he carries himself. But damn, he's played good ball this year. He really has. Why does he not get the credit he deserves? Yeah, he's played really good ball this season, man. I mean, look at the numbers. He's actually been excellent, especially like when you consider where he was last year with Nathaniel Hackett as head coach, and the year before that, final year in Seattle, where he was playing with a hand injury. Uh, he looks like Russ again. And I think, you know, I think the worst price is plus 450. I think there's some plus 500s out there. If you think Denver could make a little bit of a run here and sneak into the playoffs, I don't know, man. Sean Payton hasn't played much better football. They're only a game below 500. They didn't trade away any of those guys that we thought that they were going to, at least any of the meaningful guys. Right. And now they like kind of look like they're buying in. You know, the, I, I get it. You know, you beat the Packers, but now you beat the Chiefs and you beat the Bills. And now you get the Vikings, and I know we all like the Vikings right now because of Joshua Dobbs, and he's a great story himself, he's but I think that's a winnable game at home. I like the Broncos, you know, and then you get the Browns next week at home. You get the Texans after that. There's some winnable games. So, I don't know, man. I thought that Sean Payton was going to be a complete disaster. I'm not going to lie. And uh, all of a it sudden, looked like it for a second, too. Thing around. It looked like it yeah, for a second. I think Sean Payton and Russell Wilson actually deserve a lot of credit where people don't seem oh, to yeah. be giving it to them. I, I, even, even during that game, that, that win they had – over the uh, over the Bills on Monday night, you still see people going after Russell Wilson on the World Wide Web, going after him because they, they, they just yeah, they, they're just they, lazy. It's lazy. It, it's very lazy, and it, it, it's 
it's weirdly lazy because if you just look through the stats, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, statistically. Dude, he has a QB rating of 104. He has 18 <laughs> touchdown passes to four picks. It's, like, what if I told you Josh Allen, I mean, what does he have, double-digit interceptions? 19 to 11 schedule? right now. Yeah, like Mahomes has thrown picks this season. If I if we did like a standstill or if we did like, you know, the, compare the numbers, man, I think people would be really shocked. It's the issue that people really only watch their team or they want to watch the big game. Like, a lot of people aren't watching Denver Bronco football. Other than <laughs> right. me, who the hell was watching Broncos Packers a couple weeks ago? Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I get you. I get that's you. That's the issue. Now the big game, Monday Night Football, where uh, the Kelseys are going to meet the Swifts. Um, that's that's really the story <laughs> of the story of that, that game in particular. Um, but... At home, Chiefs two and a half point favorites. Uh, Eagles eight and one, pacing the pacing the season pretty damn well. How do you see this one? I took the uh, points with the Eagles when it hit three. We're down to two and a half. I think that's kind of telling. I think. I mean, this is obviously like the revenge game for the Eagles. They lost in the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. Was a little bit worried about the Eagles to start the season. Now they kind of look like the Eagles again. They look like the best team in all of football, actually. I mean, San Francisco in the right with Trent Williams healthy and Debo healthy is a is obviously a nightmare, man. But um, the Eagles, A.J. Brown looks like the best wide receiver in all of football. Uh, you still have Devontae Smith. I know he's been dinged this season. They figured out the run game. The offensive line is still one of the best in all of football. Nobody could stop the brotherly shove. I think Jason Kelsey, I'm glad that he's finally like, not finally, I'm glad that he's getting all this love, People Magazine, Sexiest Man of the Year nominations and stuff like that because or he's got an agreement under the table because I mean you know man you played offensive line. Oh, I take a rational. I, I I I told Connor and I told my listeners I take a rational pride in him being in the final one of the <laughs> finalists for that for that uh, sexiest yeah. man alive award. Yeah, and man, like he's probably taking years off of his life with that with the with the bush push thing going on. I mean, <laughs> yeah. being the center there, so so like he deserves it to be honest with you. But I just the Eagles, man, and then defensively they could get after the quarterback, and the Chiefs are still trying to figure things out. They're going to be fine in the long run because they have a really good defense. I think Spags is a defensive genius, their coordinator, obviously. Um, I really like their I like their corners a lot, and then I like Snead especially. 
Chris Jones, obviously a great pass yep. rusher, but like offensively, they're going to be fine, but they have to figure out who that other guy is other than Travis Kelsey. You know, one week they try Sky Moore. MVS only runs like two routes, <laughs> yep. um, but they're able to run the ball. But I like Philadelphia, you know, getting the points here. I think that they win this game outright, actually, in the Kelsey Bowl. All right, please tell me you have the same, the, the only thought you're supposed to have about the brotherly shove, right? Are you, you're not a, you're not a band, the brotherly shove guy, are you? No, no. Okay, thank stop you. Stop it. Like, thank learn you. how to stop it, man. I don't, I don't know. God. Well, and, and no, other, other teams just can't do it the same. And, it's, and it's, it's, time trying, and time again, we see yeah. it. It's ridiculous that people do that. And then, like, I, I love the, the – my favorite excuse, Ryan, is when people will say, oh, well, someone's going to get hurt. Tell me people who've gotten hurt already. Like, we would have seen it by now. It's a damn quarterback exactly. sneak. It's, it's, it, there's, it's been a part of football for a long, long time, and they can do it better than everyone else. I don't know why everybody wants to see this band. And they say, well, it's not fun to watch. Well, I, I'm also of the opinion, yeah, we, we've transitioned to offensive football – where people throw the air it out 50 times a game. I don't like seeing incompletion after incompletion. I don't like seeing 25 incompletions a game. You know what I mean? From yeah. one particular quarterback. I don't think that's fun to watch. But if you have something you, that you can work to your advantage, you should use it. And I don't think you should be penalized for it. Yeah, I, I think that that's just silly, man. No, you, you can't outlaw it. You have to learn how to stop it. It's a football play. Like you said, it's a quarterback sneak. And if I'm saying that I don't mind, like that you gotta you got to continue to let it ride, I think that's very telling because as a Notre Dame fan, you know, I should I should uh I should be going the opposite direction there with the Bush push because that was still one of the more painful losses yeah. ever against USC and I still haven't gotten over it. But yeah, I mean like stop the damn play, man. Um it was like people that were crying about the shift in baseball. You yep. know what I mean? Like I didn't really have an issue with the shift, now it's been outlawed. No, no, I, you, you can't take away the play, man, because nobody else can run the play, like you said. And it's also kind of hilarious to see, like, a guy like Kirk Cousins a couple weeks ago try to run it. That's a bad example because poor Kirk got hurt. But, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, nobody else has it mastered yet. So I do get a kick out of, like, watching these other teams try to figure it out. Uh, are you are you on board, last thing on the NFL, um, are you on board with uh, Aaron Rodgers and a potential return in the middle of December? I don't, I don't know how I feel game. about it. I've seen like Jets fans. Oh, go three and one over the stretch, and then have number eight return, and then we'll make a playoff yeah. run. I, 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 I don't give a damn who you are if you're using your brain and you look at that offensive line that gave up what eight or nine sacks a couple weeks ago in prime time. I'm terrified yeah. for Aaron Rodgers if he returns, and I know you're an Aaron Rodgers guy. Yeah, man. Like if if there was a shot to make the playoffs, and he's coming back because he's done this before. Uh, obviously, like at a much younger age, um, but he's done this before with a collarbone injury. Came back in a game against Carolina because they were they had like a twenty five percent chance to make the playoffs. He played terrible, and then they shut him down the next week. But yeah, he wants to be out there. That's what I like about the guy. But yeah, at some point you do have to protect yourself. And if he wants to come back next year, he's already going to be forty years old. I think you should just start preparing for next year. Yep, uh, I agree. Especially this year in the AFC, man. You know, even if you come back, you got to get on the same page as your receivers. You know, like you said, I mean, that offensive line is bad, man. And Rodgers, the one thing, he's got to get rid of the ball quickly. And you saw it in the, what, three plays, the three dropbacks that he had in that game. He was holding on to the ball. <laughs> it was, it was, and it was quick game. They were, they, were, they were cutting. Can't do it. It was quick yeah, game. Man. That's the reason he got himself hurt. I, I, like, I hated that day because I felt like it was a lot on Aaron Rodgers, uh, you yeah. know, the, the reasoning behind him getting himself hurt. He, he let yeah. those guys go ahead and rush him when they – I mean, you had Dwayne Brown going for a cut. You had both tackles going for a cut. You had uh, Garrett Wilson coming right across the middle on a drag route or a slant, whatever the hell 
uh, type of route he was running. You had him open, and you still held on to the ball. And I just I don't know if this is this is a a good good spot for him to return to the damn Jets. I just I I don't think it would be smart at all. Now, uh, last thing for you. Uh, NBA college basketball trends. What are you looking at? I guess in the NBA we could talk about uh, James Harden and the Clippers being zero and five when James Harden's actually playing. Zero and six since he's been acquired. That's pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, they've been terrible, man. They've been really bad. Um, you know, I really like watching uh, the Thunder. The Thunder have kind of become the team that I thought that the Grizzlies were going to be. Oh. Uh, Gr- Grizzlies clearly missing Stephen they're, Adams. They're, still. they're they're too hurt. They're just too hurt, Ryan. Could use could use job back, uh, you know. But there's a game I actually like quite a bit tonight. I like the Brooklyn Nets on the money line against Miami as dogs. Um, I bet at plus one twenty. I don't know where it's at right now, but I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. And I know the Nets are on the road here, but their offense has been actually pretty solid. Like if they're hitting their shots, they're going to have to hit their threes. They're attempting a high volume of threes right now. I think right now they're you know making about thirty eight percent of them though in the Heat for whatever reason this season, aren't really defending the three-point line. I believe opponents are shooting 38% against them. And I just think that this is actually a really good spot uh, for Brooklyn. And I'm not too concerned about the Ben Simmons injury uh, with my bet tonight. So (laughs) I I like Brooklyn. You know, as far as futures in the East, it's crazy. But I think, like, right now, Philadelphia looks like the best team. Maybe they just did need a new coach. Tyrese Maxey has taken on that next step. He had that 50-point game the other night. Tobias Harris has been playing really good ball, actually. And then Joel Embiid's, you know, obviously the MVP. Bucks need to figure out how to defend. Um, the Celtics, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I've done it with the Celtics the last two years. Until Jalen Brown learns how to dribble the basketball in a playoff game and Jason Tatum, you know, shows me that he could close games out, I just I don't really trust Boston. And then in the West, it's still the Nuggets for me. i got to be honest with and you, it, man. I'm going to be lazy. I'm going to be chalky. Even, like, without Jamal Murray, they just throw a jog or not. And I hate to say it, too, with the Nuggets. Like, I'm tired of seeing – like, I saw Jay Williams talk about it this morning. He said uh, KD or Jason Tatum are his early leaders in the clubhouse for MVP. It's it's Jokic. I I don't know how you – I don't know how you have any other take at this point. Nuggets, in my opinion, still look like the best team in the NBA, and Jokic is still unreal. It's unreasonable what he does night to night. Yeah, I mean, I guess, guess like, the the cause – or the cause. The case you would make for KD would be – He's playing nearly 40 minutes per game, and you look at his numbers because they haven't had all three of those guys. Last night was supposed to be the first night that they all played together, and then, of course, Brad Beal was a late scratch. I'm all the way out in the Suns until I see those guys together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I'm don't. i worried about Bradley Beal's spine. I'm worried about his back right now. Yeah. i got to be exactly. honest. Like, they're the new Nets for me right now, man. You know what I mean? Like, Sure, that would be a dream team eight years ago. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but we'll see what happens with them. But, Ryan, uh, appreciate it. Have some good luck this weekend, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks so much for having me, man. Yes, sir. That is Ryan Horvat, host of the BetMGM Tonight podcast on Odyssey Sports Betting Insider. You can follow him on X at Ryan Horvat, just one T. Insider calls presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Time to transition into the Blitz. And uh, I have some choice words. For the NCAA, I'll tell you why next. 92.9 FM ESPN. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.